The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Discretion is advised. <laughs> Welcome to episode 106 of Rare Form Radio with myself, Dan Cleary, my co-host, the one and only GOAT, Mr. Tom Brady. And um, today we're joined by my friend and one of my longtime heroes from ministry, Mr. Al Jurgensen. How you doing, guys? I'm good. How I'm good. How you um, doing? Thank you for safety first when it yes. came to my friend here. I, I don't want his germs. <laughs> Why? Because he's a MAGA dude? Uh, th- yeah, uh, maybe. Maybe maybe we were just talking about this. So he, he, I don't know what he did. He pulled something at that White House ceremony. Let's man. talk about that for a second because I want to do a little... Let's do the whole hour deep dive on Tom Brady's political leanings. Why not? I'm in. Seems, seems like you've lost sleep over it. You're you're agonizing over this. Whether he was dissing Biden or whether he was dissing Trump with that little forty percent dig. On so the the, uh, the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl last year. Yes, sir. And like with every sports team, you go and visit the White House the following year. And historically, <clears throat> Brady has been seen as a Trump dude. Yeah. Because he you know he had the MAGA hat yeah, in his hat locker. Um, he's Golfs. golfed with Trump, yeah. which not, alone doesn't make you a you know bleeding red Republican guy. But it didn't look good to no. me. No, and I've struggled with it as a Patriots fan for for years. But he went to the White House last week <clears throat> and made a comment about how <clears throat> people didn't expect the Buccaneers to win, and how some people don't believe they did win, and uh, how forty percent of the country doesn't believe that they won, which right. people can take as a dig. At Trump and his supporters, but you or think it Biden. might be Digga Biden. Yeah. Who knows, man? That was pretty <clears throat> ambiguous. And and Brady has it, Brady has cultivated his image like so perfectly. Like you don't know what he's about. Okay? Derek, so, like Derek Jeter, in, right, in a way. Like Derek Jeter. Yep. Very similar. And so <clears throat> was that a dig at Biden? Uh I'm not sure. I'm not sure it was a dig at Trump either. I think it was a funny quip. Mm-hmm. It was good, but still. And also, if you if you notice, he didn't go to the last one, right, uh, at the White House mm-hmm. because also cultivating his image. He doesn't. <laughs> he may be friends with Trump and golf with him, but he 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 knows better. His publicist knows that like it probably is going to get some feedback if you're seen with him a lot. Don't take a side, basically. Right. Which is smart. They say that right. of comedians and um, right. <clears throat> many so, musicians. Right. You well, know, so but. what happened to me? <laughs> there you go. Well, you, you took many sides throughout <laughs> your career. No, but no, but there's the, the right side. one side. That's the right the side. The left side. Yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, the right side. Do you have any friendships with, with staunch Republicans? Are you able to have that kind of yes. relationship? Yes. I, I, I actually... Well, no. Not staunch Republicans with Republicans who have voted Republicans, yes. Yep. Um, I'll, some musicians, sure. I'll say people would be surprised. They're they're in people, there. People would be surprised. Uh-huh. Um, we've toured with um, recently. <laughs> oh, really? With Republican musicians. Interesting. And I've recorded with, but they're not staunch. Mm-hmm. They're not like 
QAnon, gung-ho, 1-6, conspiracy, this, that, anti-vax, blah, blah, blah. They're basically just thinking that the Republican Party is just looking after their taxes on money that they deserve, that they've actually made in the music business, which doesn't pay money to anyone except the select few anymore. Absolutely. You know? Yep. So I, I could understand that, but I don't, I don't get, like, the dogma from these people. So, yes, I get along with them. Likewise. Yep. You know? So, my, my entire family, like, da- everyone, pretty much everyone in my family is all... Historically Republican, yeah. conservative well, my voters. Mom's, my mom's fucking QAnon, man. I think my I mean, mom might my, be too. Yeah, I mean, it's bad. My mom thought that, uh, so. she, she literally, we argued once that um, she told me that Obama was a terrorist. And I was like, oh, okay, mom, why? She goes, damn, his middle name is Hussein. I mean, come on. Well, that, that's, that's like, that seals the deal. That's it. That's it. I mean, his parents knew from birth he was going to be a terrorist okay. and they named him appropriately. Yeah. It's crazy to me. How do you think we can get past all this QAnon stuff? Do you have any idea? I mean, you've been around a long time. You've been active yeah. in politics, and you keep your eyes open all the time. Yeah. Is I, there a way through this? Yeah, I think it's just a, a, a consistent barrage of shame. <laughs> hey, you I'm know, in. Just, I'm game. Just like, uh, just quips. Just like, yeah, really? I mean, in other words, you diminish it by just going, Really? You know, which is kind of shaming somebody. Like, uh, they're very passionate about something they're telling you. Mm-hmm. And then you just go, um, and, and I know it makes me sound pompous, you know, in, in a way. But at some point, you just have to just, like, not give in to uh, um, transactional thought with people that only have one thought. The problem because has been no enter- entertaining these ideas for the last few years. Right. Well, the problem is is mainstream media gives a megaphone as loud to these things because they're so crazy as they do to the real things that we need to do to assess problems and stuff. Climate and, 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 and stuff like that, yeah. But it's sure. always like, you know, uh, whataboutism. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, at, at this point, I, I'm, I'm just to the point of just like, yeah, I'm happy for you whatever yep and make sure you stay six feet away from me and you have a fucking mask on there you go right because it's falling apart that mid the midwest and everything is going nuts right now well but but it's funny if you notice like all of a sudden all the republicans are like um, cowards it's great to get vaccines we never said it was bad and this and that you know why that happened because wall street dropped a thousand points the other day when they saw that the economy is not going to recover because people are getting sick at a higher rate and we're going to go back to pandemic level transactions and wall street and all this and so the wall street overlords called the republicans and said you got to stop this anti-vax stuff uh tucker carlson won't because he still you know makes ratings he'll be the one you know that but even hannity oh yeah he came out yeah came out so it's just like at that point you know the wall street overlords are telling the republicans like you gotta Gotta do something and also your voters are dying now right yeah and also we're we're losing numbers here yeah it's we're losing our 18 shooting yourself in the foot kind of thing yeah (laughs) amazing yeah i've always uh i've enjoyed having debates and talking to people on both sides but it's getting harder and harder to do that because you're not I feel like you're not li- talking to people that live in reality. You're talking at or past them. 
Yeah. And they're talking at or past you. And there's people on the left too that refuse to hear yes, any other side. Exactly. And, and that's equally, not equally as damaging, but it's, it's, it's super damaging. Exactly. We have to be able to communicate. What's funny when I was growing up, it's like, you know, the, the, the left were like, you know, the hippies that planted bombs in federal buildings and stuff like that. And now I've lived long enough to see a complete reversal. And now it's all the right wingers mm -hmm. that plant bombs and this and that to, to change culture and all this. But um, I don't know. I'm sticking with the hippies. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <dude>. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I can't, I can't see this whole right wing mentality. It's, it, it's, I, I, I don't, I don't understand. I know, I know this much, like all governments are corrupt. Yep. All governments look good on paper. Democracy, socialism, even communism looks good on paper. Everyone's making their fair share and doing their fair stuff and everyone gets their fair share of the pie. Yeah. That's all great. The problem is, is humans run what's written on the paper and humans are corruptible. And, and here we are. So all the major governances are corrupt, period. Um, the ones that don't look good on paper to me is fascism. And that's what this seems to be revolving into on the Republican Party. And that doesn't look, not only does it not look good on paper, but it's not served itself well throughout history. No. <laughs> so you don't see a whole lot of... Uh, it's, it's, it's not a winning solution. Flourishing fascist countries no. in, in history. No. doesn't last very long. No. No. You get like five, six, yeah, seven yeah, years and you're yeah. pretty much done. Yeah, thousand year right. Good luck with that. I don't think so. More, more like thousand day or have something, you, you know. Have you seen a massive bump in uh, listenership for your song Antifa in the last couple of years? I imagine it would have boomed on the streaming oh, services. Well, I've, I've seen it on, on from the right wing opposition. I, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. These, these snowflakes... The right wing is just completely, they're just projectionist. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's just like so, like, you know, you're a snowflake and all that. But as soon as you say something to them, it's cancel like, them. Oh, yeah. cancel it. Uh, it's like so, it's just so hypocritical. So, yes, I've got death threats, this, that, blah, 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 you name it. I, I don't care. Good, put me out of my misery. You know, oh, just come fucking shoot me tomorrow. I love over, uh, over a song, really. Dude? I love that you're at this point in your career where you've gotten so many death threats now where you're just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm happy what the fuck ever? You. Who cares? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come at me. Yeah. I'll be in my pool if you need me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh just my don't god! Don't spill the drink when you shoot me. There man. you go. Like, it's a beverage involved, man. <laughs> um. I know that you uh, you have ties to Cuba. You're you're Cuban, right? Yes, sir. Like I was in your born blood. There. You're yeah. born in Cuba. Yes. Can you give me a quick rundown as to what's going on there right now? Yeah, they're just sick of corruption. It's the same thing. I mean, you know, you can say it's communist Cuba with the Castros, or it's socialist Cuba with their you know involvement with Russia during the Cold War. This and that. Blah 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 blah. No 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 no. It's all a kleptocracy, which is what we're trying to do here the right wing is trying to do is just make all governments a kleptocracy which is basically fascism it's just one fa it's like a mafia family running a country right and then they replace all the professionals uh in all the departments and just put their cronies in there and it becomes a kleptocracy and then it, uh, like for instance you at uh, russia uh with, with putin it, it's literally just a bunch of gangs 
yeah. running a country with one head gang leader. I mean, it's no different than like the the crack or heroin trade in Harlem, and, and you know, only a lot more money involved, and they have weapons, right? A lot more than just like AKs on the sure. street, you know, like they got like real yeah, push the button type yeah. weapons. <laughs> so, but but that's what they, they're all just like, okay. So what's gonna what's gonna probably happen is that uh, you know, yeah, they'll crack down first to show like, yeah, we're still in control, and which they have, they've they've jailed all the poet, artist, and journalist in Cuba over the last two weeks, and it's like brutal. The crackdown is brutal. It's almost as bad as Belarus. That's going on right now with Lukashenko, which he's he's just he's insane. He's like Bolsonaro in Brazil. They're, they're equally as nuts, but what's going on in Cuba is that they're they're gonna like loosen restrictions, but but the problem is is it's still a kleptocracy. It doesn't. It's not a matter of it's a communist country or a democratic country. It's a kleptocracy. So, like for instance, all our remittance payments and and all these things that we send to to Cubans' uh, relatives down there are all confiscated by the government. That's another scandal. It's like all, all these Americans sending like to their. They can't get visas. They can't do this. They can't do that. So they're stuck in this thing. And so we send them a little extra dolores. Mm-hmm. And uh, the government takes 75 to 80% of that, no matter what, off the top. Oof. So that's why that's why Biden is clamping down on that. And, and I That's what the embargo is for, I assume? Or, well, or? That, that's part of it. It's, okay. it's a very complex situation, 90 As miles. all these things are. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But e- either way... You know, I, I I just think these people before communism and the Castros, they were run by like petrochemical companies, sugarcane companies, Batista regime before Castro, which is why Castro took over was so corrupt. I mean, basically, our mafia ruled Cuba in the 1950s, and people were not having that. And Castro tried to do the right thing, but then he got corrupt. I don't know. What his agenda was, maybe it was good at the start, maybe it wasn't. But all I know is it wound up pretty shitty. And so, once again, they're all oppressed. They're, and it's all just like a handful of people that have wealth in that country. And everyone else is just scrambling around for scraps, man. I don't like it. <laughs> no. Nah. Oh, that sucks. Well, we're, we're headed there. Yeah. All, all countries are headed there. Fascism is, is the new black or whatever. Yep. <laughs> because, you know, it's like, the middle class has evaporated in the U.S., that's for yeah, sure. Well, all over the world. Yeah. It, it's, they're, they're making it that way. It's like there's worker ants and there's owners, and that's mm-hmm. it. But at least we're sending billionaires to space. At least. <laughs> at least. In cock ships. We sent a giant dick into space. And the, and the rocket, too. And the rocket, too. <laughs> Finally. Perfect. Yeah. My God, man. Um, so, in better news, you have a new record done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In better news. about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about some fun stuff for a mm-hmm. bit. Um, I've heard the new record, and I'm very stoked about it. It's called Moral Hygiene. Yes, sir. Um, comes out October 1st yes, of sir. this year. Yes, sir. Um, and I imagine you're looking forward to getting back on the road because you've had a stolen year. A stolen two years, technically, of, uh, of touring time. Um, my financial manager is very happy I'm touring again. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Me, I'm happy I'm touring because I really like these songs. Yeah. I think this is a good record. And and it's also like a, a you know, a, a nostalgia trip, like 
do some acid and come see us play a bunch of mind is a terrible thing to taste, which I think turned what 90, 30, is it 30, 30 now, 70, I don't know how long ago we did that, but we'll, we'll start introducing some of the new songs on this one. And I'm really excited to play those because right before the quarantine actually clamped down, we were in rehearsal. We were set to go to Australia the next day. Oh yeah. When everything got canceled i think you remember that oh yeah yeah so and but during rehearsals we played some of the new stuff and we were we actually blew away ourselves we're like yeah this this is gonna work this is gonna work so yeah i'm looking forward to it so 30 years of mine is a terrible thing to taste oh god that is insane yeah can you go back do you remember making the record do you remember those days pretty well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> some laughter in the background from someone yeah. who, who I think knows the answer already yeah yeah that's a tough one okay uh, um, I, I I was there technically I have proof right in body you were there <laughs> in mind you may have no, been elsewhere in mind I have proof as the record yeah and in body I have witnesses that I was there but do I really remember any existential moments of this or anything um, no, not, not, no, not really. really, no, I just, and not only that, it was confusing because we were doing everything at the same time. So mine is a terrible thing to taste. We were also doing pale head and thousand homo DJs. And then acid horse came in for a couple of weeks from England and we were doing PTP because there was a soundtrack for RoboCop. And then it was like six different things at once going Whoa. on at the same time. So we just literally block booked a year in this studio, like 365 days and just went to work every day, got wasted every day. I didn't realize all that stuff happened at the same at time. At the same time. That's why on this tour, we're also playing some of the stuff from what was recorded on the same two inches. Sometimes like uh, a two inch will have like two palehead songs and, yeah. uh, and a ministry song. Other ones will have, this and that. So, yeah, it was crazy. I've talked to you a bit before, and I've probably picked your brain too much to the point that annoys you about Palehead stuff. Palehead, for me, is my number one favorite side project any band person has ever had. Well, that's because of Ian McCoy. Well, it's because of both of you. It's yeah, two yeah. people that you would you would never think to put together, which is something that you're great at, is bringing in someone you wouldn't expect and collaborating with people that aren't the obvious choices. And well, it was such a cool... EP that you guys made. Yeah, I just I just remember I, I first met Ian in um, in uh, Wood Green, England. I was recording at Southern Studios during Twitch, actually, and uh, <coughs> he was on the Southern Distribution Network, which was run by Crass and all that stuff in England. And he was there for a few days, and he came down just to see. Oh, there's an American down in the studio. So we started talking and all this and uh, asked him to play on some stuff. And at that point, I was a heavy, heavy drug user. And of course, he's Mr. Straight Just like edge. the most as straight as it the, gets. Yeah, right. Like he's like the poster child for straight edge, hardcore punk right. rock exactly. guys. But, but, you know, as we talked, um, we realized we have a lot of the same ideas, goals, agendas, this and that. And he... He put it succinctly, I think, when he said, like, okay, you know what? You're not bad. Like, not looking down on me because he was straight and I was wasted. Mm -hmm. 
he just said, uh, we're going to the same place, except that I drive my own car and you take a taxi. That was, a, that was an it. interesting analogy, yeah. but we're going to wind up at the same place. But you might want to think about buying a car. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's great. Have you talked to him at all recently? Have you yeah, ever? Yeah. About a couple months ago. Okay. Whatever, yeah. I want to hear more. I want you guys to do more stuff. Oh, I would. I would love to. Yeah. I would love to see did, what his schedule's like. You know. Did that ever happen live? Do you guys ever play together live? Never on stage, and it almost happened in D.C. once. Um, almost. Mm. And uh, I, for, I forget what happened, but he wound up there, like, after show, and it, some something stalled him to where he couldn't be on stage. We, 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 had, we knew that we were going to play together, but he was late. So, wow. so I guess he must have taken an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I'm holding out maybe. hope to see it someday. <laughs> that would be incredible. Um, how did the How did those songs come about? Was that uh, Did you come in with music, or did you guys collaborate together on that? Well, some of that stuff started when I met him in in, in uh, England. Like for instance, "I Will Refuse" was supposed to go on that ministry record, and uh, originally. It was it was really weird when I was recording in England and I was living there for a while. Like Chris Connolly came down from Scotland. Uh, he was in a band called Finney Tribe, and he just heard that I was recording and living there and wanted to come down and go. Man, I'm huge fan of what you're doing and all this. Oh, stuff. you and Chris didn't know each other at that point. No. Okay. He just came down. Okay. And and just came down from Edinburgh and and slept in Wood Green for a night at some hostel and came in the next day and uh and so i said okay well like i i say to anyone that comes into a studio that i'm in it's just like well put your fucking ass to work man yeah i don't, don't want to sit here and talk with you do something yeah you know so uh chris sang some lyrics on i will refuse i think i still have the original uh no shit uh, thing of him and it was about like the most vile I, I think he was just trying to impress me or something. And he was singing about like uh, uh, raping a nun or something like that. And I'm just like, uh, dude, yeah, thanks. Uh, you, you sound great, but uh, you know. This ain't what I'm looking for. And then the next day, Ian McKay arrived and also was in Southern Studios. And so he came in, we talked for a while and I said, well, put your ass to work, man. And then... But no nun rape, please. No, no, I didn't even say anything <laughs> that Chris had done anything mm -hmm. or like something I wasn't going to use. I just knew that I was not going to use what he did. <laughs> and Ian came up with, I will refuse the lyrics like in five minutes and, uh, you know, one take and boom, done. And then we're going, wow, that sounds really good. Uh, not sure where it fits on this ministry record, but it sounds really good. So we should explore this when we get back to the States uh, and in Chicago at Chicago Tracks. Then I called him up and said, hey, you got a week or so? And he was like, yeah. So he came out and I actually got him to drink beer. What? Yes, sir. What? I got him to drink beer. How? how? <laughs> I just thought that would be something he would never, ever do. Not only did he So drink, he didn't refuse? No. <laughs> No, I will not refuse. Not, he did not refuse. I think it might have been his only time, but he 
he drank beer and uh, we got a, a kind of a borrowed credit card number for back then and the phone. In D- those Darren, days. will you please Google borrowed credit card number? I'm curious what that means. <laughs> I'm on it. And, cool, thank uh, you. And we just went on like these sex chats with Ian McKay drinking beer on a sex chat. So, uh, and that became um, another song on Palehead with some of the samples that we got from the phone. Is that what the ballad is? Yeah. That's what that's from? Yeah. Where the women's at? I don't know. Yeah. They went off. I scared them off. <laughs> that's all from some sex line that we we kind of absconded the owner of the studio's um, code for the phone to like be able to call these one nine hundred, one eight hundred numbers, whatever. I gotta, I gotta find that real quick. That yeah. is so amazing. I had no idea that that's what that's from. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's really ridiculous. Oh my god. Most of the stuff that that people really read into ministry and think we're like this, like real highbrow band and all that, it's actually just a bunch of accidents, and we're just a bunch of dopes. Well, I remember you saying that to me before. Is that you? You had this thought of uh, oh, this right here it is right here. Yeah, that's from a phone sex line. Yes. Wow. With Ian McKay actually drinking beer and doing that. I, I man, Ian, don't kill me. I, <laughs> he's but, not listening. <laughs> I'm sure, <laughs> but maybe he will. Don't kill me. And, and 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 he's not like that. But for that that little couple days, we kind of met halfway. Let's put it that way. I feel like every time I talk to you, you have a story like this. You have so many wonderful stories. You've had so many crazy experiences. That you just couldn't write if you tried. Uh, I don't want to try. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm 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 good with like just keeping the cartoons in my own head. Sure. Have there been moments in your career where you're either having a conversation with someone you've met through music or an actor or a philosopher where you're like, I can't believe this is happening right now? Oh yeah. Oh, William Burroughs first oh, pops to mind, man. It's just like. Whoa! Uh, I mean, I we first of all, I was a day late to the to the shooting of the video in Lawrence, Kansas. That's very late. <laughs> that's that's late. But I was I'm running behind. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I was actually doing a mix for Revco, and the mix just wasn't done. And I was just like, just so they had everyone in Lawrence, the whole camera crew and everything, waiting for me, and uh, and so. Me and a friend of mine in Chicago drove to Lawrence, I don't know, six, seven, eight hours drive, something like that, and got there with the address we were given, and uh, Burroughs answers the door after we knock, and he just looks at both me and my driver and just goes, are you holding? And we're like, no, because we had actually stopped in Kansas City to try and score some heroin, and the cops chased us out of the neighborhood because two whiteies in an out-of-town plate. You don't belong like, here, yeah. Yeah, and so we weren't holding. Are you holding? So he just slammed the door. That oh was God. it. <laughs> so we had to drive back to Kansas City. To get some shit to bring back to for To bring him? back... And knocked on the door again, like three hours later, he opened the door, he goes, you got something for me? I'm like, yep. Come and on. We, and we got to sit down and shoot up with William Burroughs, which was on strict 
strict no heroin policy except for his manager slash lover this and that uh was sick with the flu and so it was like bill was like a a 73 year old at the time like on spring break it's like whoa my handler's gone and i got these two knuckleheads here with dope Right. So, so rather than go to the strip club or whatever, he's right. going to do dope with some uh, some industrial rock star dudes. <laughs> good plan. That's good. That's good. That's good. Well, what video was that for? Just one fix. Yeah. Of course. Perf- of course. Yeah. Perfect. How wonderful. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so again, moral, moral hygiene. Uh, these songs were done with you and Billy Morrison. Correct. Some of these. Billy Morrison was one of the people that heavily contributed on this album. Did the art for the for the for the cover? Yeah. We discussed it, mm-hmm. and he found the actual moral hygiene Betty. That's what we call her. Mm-hmm. Our our new facade, our new face of ministry is M H Betty. Beautiful. I so, love it. So it's yeah. like a mascot, like a new yeah, mascot for the our band. New mascot. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Let's see if we can't get some giant inflatables of her on stage at some point. Like we had giant inflatable trumps at one point. I think. Put those away. Yeah, yeah. No, no, those are gone. Those are eaten up or by raccoons or something. I think we left them in a garage. Hasn't it been nice to not think of him every day? Like, there's literally days that go by where he doesn't go through my head. And same thing with Biden, and it's wonderful. It's just nice to be able to sleep at night without fucking sedatives. Yep. Since Biden's been in, there's no need to have a a sleep aid. (sighs) Yeah. Because he is relaxing to talk to. As well, well to, to listen to. I mean, hey man, Sleepy Joe is a good. I'll take thing, it. Not a bad thing. I don't want to think of the yeah. president every day. You know, ever, uh, ever, ever. Yeah, after the fucking Turd Reich or whatever we had before, man. That's really great. Like, <laughs> you also added. Um, you got a little bit of a new lineup for the uh, for the touring for the touring company that's coming up. You yeah. you added an yeah. amazing guitar player. Yeah, yeah, Monty Pittman. He's pretty special um taught madonna how to play guitar and i don't i didn't think that was possible yeah <laughs> you've known him a while is that right i've known madonna even longer <laughs> you know madonna well, <laughs> one chance meeting at studio 54 in no the early kidding. 1980s when we both got signed to sire oh okay so you were label mates I label mates and uh if Monty could teach her guitar, he can play in my band any day because I'm, I'm not sure that girl was capable of it, to be honest, when I met her. So when I heard that he taught her guitar, I'm like, wow, that's a feather in your cap, man. I was thinking more like maybe you taught her how to walk upright and not fall <laughs> down in her own vomit and smell like stink. You know, um, so what you're saying yeah. is she didn't really have it together no, in the early eighties. Right, in the early what you're 80s, trying to say, yeah, yeah, what yeah, you're yeah, dancing yeah. around right. saying is yeah, that yeah, she yeah. had some struggles. Uh, yeah, we all did. What was that? What was it? What was that like? That scene back then, Studio Fifty Four in the eighties. I, I very limited exposure to it. We played there once, Ministry, and it was the worst Ministry show ever, ever 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 in the history and i know some people go no no this one sucked worse you got that that must feel good yeah. no I <laughs> no this one's worse i know this one because we used a tx uh four track reel to reel for our backing mm-hmm. stuff and we had a new roadie 
that night at Studio 54 from New York because we couldn't afford to bring somebody from Chicago. So we just hired a local. Go local, yeah. He put the tape on backwards. So when we started the show... Four songs in, you noticed that something was wrong. Well, because like you always put the click track on the fourth track that goes to the drummer only. Right. So the click was coming out to the crowd? The click was track one, louder than... <laughs> and that's oh, how God. we started our show. So it was a disaster. And, and then the next time I went there was with Seymour Stein to try and sign me and introduce me to his other signees, this weird chick named Madonna, who I was like, wow, she's a mess coming from me. That's bad. You don't want to hear that from Al. If Al calls you a mess back then, you should probably think about doing something else. (laughs) Jesus. She did all right. I guess that's one of the problems with with being in um, electronic music is that you rely so much on that kind of technology where when something goes wrong, it's not like you can just keep playing through right. it. Well, we've, we've worked our way around that now. Uh, m- most of our stuff is really it's literally played. Oh, yeah. There's very few that are just like just straight singing to a backup tape. And, his, backup and JB track. plays yeah, so yeah, much of the exactly. actual parts now well, where it's like a real is, band. The good thing is, is that we can deviate on any given night. It doesn't have to be the same thing because we, we set it up that way specifically because after Land of Rape and Honey came out, uh, we had this little problem with like uh, the, the right wing skinheads thought that this was a pro-Nazi <sighs> Thing because uh, the song starts out with the Zig Hiles, right. and all I'm doing is making fun of the whole thing. It's, it's amazing that people don't pick up and on that kind of stuff. they didn't pick up on it, so we, we started having like skinheads show up to our shows and Zig Hiling me, and I was not you're having like, I, You're like, I hate you guys. I know. I hate you. Get so, out of here. So I jumped out into the crowd uh, and got into a fight, uh, surrounded, got my ass beat, and... Missed getting back on stage for the second verse, and you could hear. Oh, it's coming! They're coming through yeah, a little yeah. bit. So I'm just like, uh, yeah, we can't do this anymore. Right, right. right? Just in case, if right. I jump out and start a fight. If I gotta fuck someone up, I can't have my vocals going on stage <laughs> know, anymore. Because right. you never know when I'm gonna go crazy. <laughs> Something like that. I gotta fight Nazis sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes you gotta yeah. punch a Nazi. Yeah. Wow, that must have. That's a very unfortunate uh, misunderstanding. To all of a sudden take in a whole like a skinhead fan base on accident. Right. Well, and they always were right up front. Of course, they want to be seen. Yeah. They want to impress well, you. And well, giving and they you all the bullshit way up front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't into it. So Jesus. Um, I also want to talk to you about something. Uh, your white socks are doing really, so, really baby. well this year. Oh man, when we get Robert and Jimenez back, it's. We just need a relief pitcher. Beside, like the our back end is good, but uh, you yeah, got a week I, to find somebody. I, I, I think we we might be able to do it, and and, and I say this with like a, a Chicago mind and heart, knowing failure is right around the corner. We know this, but this one I can relate, as you know. Yes, yeah. well, not anymore, but not like anymore. Years right. ago, I could relate yeah. to that. This is a good team. This is a really good team. I'm a baseball fanatic, as you know, and I did not expect this from the White Sox this year. I, I did not expect it when those two guys went down in spring training and, and, and Grandal being out and, and everything. I'm just like, how are they keep winning? 
That's and, like the, the Red Sox, like they lost Chris Sale for the how whole are year. How they doing it this year? This is These are the two Th- magic is, teams this year, is the Red Sox and White Sox. There's something about, um, it's not about star power. I've never believed that. It's chemistry. And yeah. you can't buy chemistry. You right. can't cultivate it. it well, you it's can either, buy chemistry. Trust me. I've done that. <laughs> not that kind. <laughs> not, I'm t- sports chemistry. Okay. Not mind-altering right. chemistry. Okay. Creative chemistry. All right. Just, but like, yeah, chemistry in sports, it's more important than... I mean, talent's important, but sometimes chemistry is just... It's the, it is the key ingredient to a winning team. And, and there is no way to make chemistry it just happens it's it's like uh this you know once in a generation thing where certain teams just like they just mesh yep and they get better than they usually are they go to other teams afterwards in a contract squabble or something and they suck but on that year on that team with that manager with that whatever with those fans and it just all seems magical well i mean you can probably relate too because you've you've had so many different band members in ministry over the years and you can have certain guys playing the same songs, but sometimes that chemistry and that vibe is right. just there because you've add, you've either taken one piece out that wasn't quite right, or you've added something where they're playing the same thing, but there's soul in it. There's right. something, it's right. just there's totally yeah, different. No, that's, that's a really good observation. And I think that's, that's what happened on, on the uh, rehearsals right before, it got canceled and quarantined. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, we were hitting a stride. Like, this, this, this is going to be good. You Can know? you put so, your finger on what that was? No, absolutely. There's no explanation. I mean, obviously, everyone can play. Mm-hmm. Everyone's really adept at their instrument and 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 you know, artistic in nature and all this. But like, no, like you said, there's just there's, you can't put your finger on it. It's just you. You just get this electricity. That, that starts going, so. If you were to uh, piece together your all-time ministry touring band with members from any era, what would it be? Oh, dude, don't do this to me. You have 20 seconds, go. <laughs> no. Well, I, no, I, 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 paying well, respect to everyone who's been involved, but if you were to put together your super group, if you could, for, you know, you have to play one last show, you can bring anyone Back from well, I'll, I'll tell the you dead, this. you can do whatever you want. How about this? Yeah. And instead of doing it that way, let's just say that the Rio Grande Blood Tour lineup was insanity. On some nights, it was the most incredible thing I've ever heard. There was no middle ground. And other nights, due to like... A lot of foreign substances inside Chemistry. People's. Chemistry. <laughs> Science. <laughs> Science. Um, we sucked. Okay. I've, never, I've never been that like, there was no middle ground. It wasn't like a professional show. It was either absolute magic, which I don't think I could ever hit back on hmm. that tour. We had, we had. Uh, Who was that lineup? Paul Raven was on bass. Oh. Joey Jordison was on drums. Uh, Mike Skasha on guitar, Tommy Victor on guitar. So you had two prong guys in the band. Yeah. Yeah. And then John Bechtel on keyboards and me. That's a killer lineup. That, yeah. But like I said, this lineup is much more like 
pro. We're not going to have the highs and lows. It's all going to be like really good. Right. Because there's no like drug problems in the band or anything anymore. And back then, like I said, some nights were magical and other nights were just like, you just wanted to hide in shame. <laughs> and those bad nights, I've been in bands too. Those bad nights, you know from the first song oh, yeah. that it's going to be that. Oh, I, I know from like when when it's in the air sometimes well you pull up at the venue and you're no, like oh well fuck. when 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 you try and do a sound check and your drummer throws up on himself and crawls off the thing and passes out behind the 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 drums you're, you're like you're saying that's a bad sign this might be a night that uh i don't know this can't wait for the next well. city yeah right <laughs> one of those deals damn um i know mike is a uh, is one of your all-time favorite people, right? Yeah, best friend of all time. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've never, I've never seen someone who could play the way that he does, to play as fast as he did and as precise. I mean, he was like a machine, truly like a machine. No, I mean, seriously, his right hand—it's like, if he wanted to masturbate and I was his penis, I would be worried. <laughs> Just take it right <laughs> off. <laughs> I mean, this guy's what an honor! Hand. What an honor for you to say about him. I mean, he would be—I'm sure he's loving it, loving hearing that. I'd, I would, if you I'd were his be, penis, I'd call nine one one. Yeah, if he decided to match, he's reaching for me. <laughs> we're in trouble. Send help! Send help! And he was so precise; it was oh, just man. unbelievable. But but the, and you're a great player. I mean, you can play that speed stuff. I, I didn't. No, 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 not no, not anywhere like that. And and I'm more of a blues player. But like Mikey, uh, the great thing about Mikey was at, at by the end of his life, uh, he was much more. Than, than just that. He started really getting into like classical guitar, um, weird obscure country and blues and started becoming more soulful. His his leads that, that he did on um, like say like Buck Satan right before he died and this other band I recorded called The Dusters which Yo, still, you played me for some of that stuff. It, it's it's just, so cool. It's so cool. I mean, he just became an overall kind of like guitar legend at that point which is me. what the best the best guys right. can play anything yeah he wasn't a one-trick pony buddy yeah. or the or like you know some of the best metal guys i've known like they also want to know jazz you want to yes. know because yes. you learn different things you can bring in and make yeah. it your own and yeah. that's what makes you stand out exactly in whatever genre you're in exactly um and who else is in the band who what's the lineup right now Cesar Soto on guitar, Monty Pittman on guitar, John Bechtel on keyboards, Roy Mayorga on drums, and Paul Demore from Tool on bass. Beautiful. I'm happy Roy is back. That yeah. seems like a nice yeah, fit. Yeah, well, Roy, yeah, he, and I think he, he's happy being back. Yeah, he adds a lot. Yeah, he, he does. And it's great to have another Cuban on the band, too. Oh, I didn't know he was. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Cuban ministry. That's what yeah. we've always wanted. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to run for president and vice president there. As soon as we get it. I'm looking forward to vote, that. Vote Jorgensen Mayorga, Havana, 2022. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> um, while I have you here, I did want to, uh, I want to thank you because, you know, Ministry is one of my favorite bands of all time. And it has been an honor to, when, when you came in to do Dark Matter with Dave and I. Oh, that was awesome. I um, mean, it was just, it was very, very cool for me. And I actually would have never thought that you and I would become friendly and that I would end up work for you. And you came in and you did the uh, Every Day is Halloween acoustic 
on our show. Yeah, that that was very cathartic for me, by the way. You don't know, like, to you, you're saying, like, this meant a lot to you. Mm -hmm. That meant a lot to me. That exercised a lot of demons in my life. How so? To, To just be able to confidently do that song in in an acoustic way, raw, naked, you know, no tarting it up. You're just an old naked guy in there singing what you truly felt at the time when you were a teenager, practically. I wrote that song when I was like 20, and I'm 62 now. So, uh, it, it you know, and, and you kind of like, it, you know, you, you get put in this... You're a pop band when that came out. And then when, you know, with Sympathy, the Arista fiasco, whatever. And even with Twitch, you know, you're a pop band. And so, you know, we kept going more and more metal. And it was really nice to exercise those demons and go, you know what? I'm proud of that early stuff. And and it, it happened for a reason. And I'm glad I did it. And it got me to where I'm at today. So... It meant as much to me, especially with you and Dave involved. That was awesome, man. That was seriously a, a, a moment. I know a lot of uh, this audience knows what we're talking about, but if you haven't heard the song, the original, you can find Every Day is Halloween anywhere you can stream music or buy music. But that song was... Um, oh, the YouTube thing is great. Well, that, that pretty much captures it, yeah. Perfect. We'll and, get to that in a second. Yeah, but yeah. I, that song is such... An anthem for, I mean, you've heard this a million times, but an anthem for people like me when I was a teenager. Right. I didn't fit in with, it's I an, wasn't a group. It's just an anthem of disenfranchisement. That's it. It's just people that feel disenfranchised from society. And it makes you feel confident in being yourself and knowing that you can find others that share your your Bingo. your life. Bingo, yeah. And what I, what I didn't realize, and none of us could have anticipated, is that we would redo that song at a time when there's so much struggle with trans kids and um, still right. people struggling to come out to parents about being gay or being different or having different thoughts. Right. And it also, it, it's almost taken on like a whole new life for some of those people. Like I, I very rarely go and read like comments from videos or I don't really read oh, no, comments from don't. this show, <laughs> but I've, I've, I have gone on cause I was so proud of the video we did for yeah. that song. Yeah. And something people may not know is that video there's no lip syncing. That's the actual recording of yeah. the actual takes. Yeah. So it's not like a music video. Right. No one's pretending. That's all right. the real shit. Right. But the comments in that, it made me so like proud for you to see how many people you've affected with your music. And that song in particular has helped people for decades, for well, almost 40 years. You know what I'm finding out, and I'm really I'm proud of this fact, is that for the uh, LGBTQ community, this has really become a rallying cry. And that that's not why I wrote it. You know, I was I 20, goosebumps, yeah. 21, but they've really adopted that as, uh, as something that, that pretty much describes how they feel just walking down the street on any given day. Exactly. And um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. And that's why it was nice to do it naked with you guys uh, in that moment. Um, yeah, that was special. And the end of leading. And so you, you also put this book out last year, um, the uh, Ministry of Prescripture, the Visual History of Ministry, which is absolutely incredible, the stuff that's in this book. Like you can, you, you haven't read it. You haven't gone through it. I, I've, I've Al looked, heard it's good. I've, I've looked at a couple <laughs> pics and just went, oh God, I wish I was that young again. You won't be that young again, but you're yeah. still, uh, you're still putting out great shit. But 
just this is so cool. Just for me, being a uh, such a fan of the band and you having uh, the record we did actually turn into a little yeah, a little seven inch little guy is beautiful. Yeah. So thank you for the opportunity to do all that kind of stuff. It uh, was it's like no. a really, I mean, it was a guess. not it to was, gush too was, much, but it's a real dream come true. It for, helped me for more. Me. It helped me more than it helped you. Trust me. So I I appreciate it and I thank you. I'm happy to be uh, any part of it I could possibly be. Um, when does the tour kick off for you guys? October 3rd. Okay. Uh, yeah. Fingers crossed that things stay okay. Well, you know. With the country, not with you guys, of course. But Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Not with us. We're all You guys back. are great, ready to go. vaxxed and ready to go. Yep. Double vaxxed. Mm-hmm. I may even get a booster and be triple vaxxed give, before this. Give me all of it. I want yeah. all of them. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, at this point, uh, you know, reluctance to this is this psych. Uh, I, the other night on the Colbert show, that they, they just had like, well, what if they had social media back when polio vaccine came in? And like, oh, don't do that, you know, the government's buying it, and we'd still have polio, and, and just like, and uh, we don't have polio now and, and, because of vaccines. Right. And you know what? Oh, and okay, so even if we're microchipped, you think we're not already microchipped? Just your phone. Come right? on. Exactly. So, and is there alien DNA in there? Is this a I lizard hope. conspiracy? Yeah, Bring it. I hope. Does it make me better? Cool. Right. I'll take it. You know, I can use some point, improvements. And and if it and if it kills us all, great. We're all going down at the same time. My favorite. I've seen more than one occasion of of uh, anti vaxxers being interviewed, and they're smoking a cigarette and being like. <sighs> I don't know what's in these things. I don't want the vaccine. It might poison me yeah. as they're smoking cigarettes. Yeah. And you know how many chemicals are in this e-cig? That All I of them. Right now? <laughs> yeah. Everything. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this keeps me vaccinated too. <laughs> It'll pickle you at least a little bit. <laughs> well, Burroughs was definitely the definition of pickling. Sure. I've seen pictures of that guy when he was like 33 and I met him. When he was about 73, he died at about 78. But, like, he didn't age or unage. He just stayed stayed pickled for 40 years. <laughs> so I'm trying to follow those footsteps. I'm still... Don't I'm, follow him too close. No, 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 no. I want no, you well, around no. for more than 20 years. No. Yeah. I, I, I have a different regimen mm-hmm. now. Yes, I traded do. in my hypodermic needle for an exercise bike. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Hell yeah. You, you do look good, by the yeah, way. Thanks, man. Good complexion. You look strong. You look sexy. Yeah, damn it. Ready to hit the road. Well, let's fuck right now, man. Just stop. This Darren, fuck. turn the cameras off. I'm going to fuck this guy right now. <laughs> no, I hit the zoom on, uh, on, on the handsome, oh, good. On the handsome <laughs> gentleman. You'll have to zoom in on mine because it's hard, a little hard to see right now. But um, uh, so how? So who are you touring with? Who's a, What's the lineup? Okay. Oh, not the lineup, but yeah. who's on the bill? Yeah, so Helmet is opening, and uh, I love Paige. Paige and, is the first autograph I ever got. Right? They're, they just did such great anthems, man. And, God, and, I was and a helmet fanatic, fanatic back in the right? day. And they're, and they're just such good people. And then opening is a Canadian band, which is just also Wax Tracks kind of related band, Frontline Assembly. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. So I didn't know they were Canadian, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, BC. Yeah, they're BC Got you. all the way. Okay. So, yeah, I think it's a really strong lineup. I think it's a good, it's, it's a good night. Good I can't wait to see it. Wear a mask. Get vaxxed. Please. Oh, Guys, we got to do the right thing here. TikTok. What? Oh. Ministry. Thank you, Liz. Ministry is now on TikTok. So you can watch Al. What? Do, you can see Al TikTok. doing all his dances and his funny faces. Yeah. What? 
We're on TikTok now. Breaking news, everyone. Well, it's breaking news to me, man. I I can't wait to see you embrace the TikTok nation. It's going to be so good. I'm scared. Catch the tour on TikTok coming this October. I'm already scared. Liz, I will talk to you after this interview about what that means. I'm not sure. I was going to ask you, do you know what TikTok is? It's something that kids use to like do Korean pop bands or something. It's exactly what it is. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much. It's pretty much yeah, yeah. pretty spot on. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see what ministry does on there. Yeah. Are you going to be running well, it? So I can't. Good wait trouble. Okay. Either. Beautiful. All right. Oh, also, yeah, you can listen to one of the new ministry songs on Spotify, which came out a couple weeks ago, and it's called "Good Trouble," which is fucking great. Right. Well, Alert Level came out too, which is on this new album, mm-hmm. which I think is also bo- both of them are just. Leading to the point in this album, as you see the album builds, you've heard the whole album, mm-hmm. and it's it's like a story. Mm-hmm. It's not just a bunch of mishmash stuff thrown together of one hit here, one kind of like mail it in there. You know, it's just it's a story that goes on for uh, you know fifty minutes or whatever it is, and um, yeah, it's, it's one of those records too where I like that each song is like a baton to the next song. Right, exactly. It it, it, it it's like a it's the whole thing pretty continuous. I don't. Yeah, there's yeah. not a lot of breaks in it, right? No, there's no breaks. It's all continuous, which is uh, my own drummer Roy just said. Like this is the only album since Dark Side of the Moon that I can just put on and leave it. That's I awesome. I don't have to flip anything. It's just top to bottom, all the way. So and and it's not even like on vinyl, like where you have to flip it. Mm-hmm. Just put. Just goes, goes, and he. So that that was like probably the biggest compliment I've gotten about this record was from my own drummer. So. It definitely does stand out. I mean, it, it, when I first heard it, I did notice that right away. Is that it feels like it's one cohesive thought the whole way through. Yeah, I mean, it, different different themes it's and different like stuff, a, but it's, it's like, like a, a, taking a big long crap. The best, the best <laughs> the satisfying ones, ones yes. in the morning. The yeah. new ministry record is one big, big shit. shit. Yeah. yeah, enjoy everybody. Yeah. <laughs> what else is inspiring you musically lately? I know that before we started talking, you were mentioning a soundtrack you were listening to. Yeah, I just I, I basically just listen to scores and stuff now. Um, there's no band or, or anything. I'm not. I'm, I don't know what is what. I didn't even TikTok this that whatever. But I've been I've been dissecting old scores lately of of things like. Uh, you know what uh, the James Bond stuff and all that. Uh, now, now that they've been put together on Spotify in like cohesive things, like you, you can you can get a whole playlist going of just like and start picking the minds of of arrangements and why they did things the way they did. I find it fascinating, and and the production with. Half the technology that we have today, the production is five times as good. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. We have more options now than ever, and yet everything sounds the same. Back then, they had very little options. But you had to be more creative, which is why I feel like um, movies with tiny budgets Mm -hmm. are so much better. Mm -hmm. Because it, it forces you to make more creative decisions. Right. 
um, stretch stretch right. your buck right. and do or, whatever. Or rock videos with tiny budgets. There you go. What do you know about those? What are you talking about? <laughs> no. I, they, oh, I saw some the, pictures the, from when uh, you got a video coming out soon that yeah. I am so thrilled to see. Yeah, the, and that was t- tiny budget compared okay. to what Dean Carr's used to, okay. right? Working with corn and onion snails and things. He's used to getting the big greenbacks. But right. with us, uh, he got some crumbs. Yep. And, uh, but there's and more stuff coming from ministry yeah, in, the, in the coming great. months. Yeah. Um, everyone can look forward to that. You can follow ministry at We Are Ministry on Twitter, Instagram. What is the TikTok? Same kind of thing. We Are Ministry. Um, oh, Jesus. But get tickets for that tour. There's still some available. Um, it's going to be an awesome tour, and I cannot cannot wait to see you guys out there. Doing well, you'll some be shows. there. I know you'll be there. I'll be there. Of course yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right. And again, thank you for coming in. Thank you for. Oh, Everything. It's been wonderful getting to know you and Liz over the last few years, and I really uh, appreciate both of you very, very much. Um, We love love you, Dan. I love you too, buddy. I love you both. I love you too. Thank you. Um, Darren, I'm going to have you read that. Come on. Read some copy for us. Um, There you go. (laughs) Get in there. You can say hi. (laughs) Liz, get on on the mic. Get on the mic. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at at Rareform Radio, also on iTunes. Please subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We are on YouTube, and you can find us just by searching Rare Form Audio. Rare Form Radio. Shit. Rare Form Radio. <laughs> Don't worry, Liz has a, a minor brain injury, but she's going to be fine, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Liz. That was pretty good until the very end. It's great to save your mistake until the last word. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. It's like Elvis has left the building forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, she, she does that a lot. It's like she's one of these like fucking people that swear to God, man, like a dog. Wait, whoa, whoa, she whoa, whoa. Farts, careful. She farts and leaves the room. Oh, of course, that's the move. No, you stand there and you be proud of it or you stand there and you admit you can be, it. You can be proud from afar. It's like a car. It's like a car bomb person. You know, you, you leave the car bomb, you oh, leave, and you appreciate oh, it from afar. It's, it's like a car bomb. <laughs> Trust me, I love her to death. But man, she's got to work on this fucking intestine. It's like she left me in tears the other day. Just left the room. Is like that why? Is that why you have so many gas masks in all your pictures and videos and everything? It's a history of because uh, he lives with a with a chemical assassin over here. Yes, she's good. <laughs> The good ones always are. My wife's the same way, and that's why she's a keeper. There you go. That's real love. That's that's and real if, love. And if you yeah. can if you can put up with that nonsense from yeah. her, yeah. that's love. Yeah. And uh, she puts up with plenty too, by the oh, way. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would I actually put tilt that in her favor yeah. that she puts up with a lot more than I do. Yeah, but she I she just, she keeps you going. Now that I have a microphone, I just had to vent that. Of course, sorry, of course. Don't, oh, there she goes. <laughs> oh my god. Well, that's a perfect way to end the show. <laughs> Um, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Al. Thank you, Liz. We are ministry. Um, go to the website, get tickets for the upcoming tour. Can't wait to see you guys. Love you both. Thanks for everything. Thank you, Darren and everyone else. Yeah, man. Thanks, Darren. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Thanks, Al. This is Lola, and I'm here to tell the world to stop being such pussies and listen to Rare Form Radio.